today about, we've been talking, we started the series TBS, The Big Switch. This is week two, and we're going to talk about a gift worth the wait. And so we're going to talk about time and timing. But not only for this announcement, I want you to understand, we talked and told you about that we're going to be advertising in the cinema, in the theater. And uh, we just got the the uh, final approval for um, our video, and I sent it back to them and said that it looks great. I had to make one change on it. And uh, so hopefully uh, I can get it in the cinema or they can get it in there before the new Star Wars movie comes out this Friday, I think. And uh, because you'll have a captive audience, it's a 30-second commercial, and it's it's good, it's upbeat. And I don't see anybody else doing that. So I'm hoping that that's going to just people like, oh, well, there's our phone number. There's the website. If they're looking for a church, they'll, we'll help them find it. So appreciate that um, and your, your giving to that. And we're going to believe God for wonderful things with, with all of that outreach. So good stuff. Um, I can't think, honey, is there anything else I need to? She can't think of it either. So we're, we're all good to go. Are you ready? All right, the big switch, TBS. We talked about last week the the best gift to give. This week we're looking at a gift that's worth the wait. There's some things in life that are just kind of worth the wait, you know, that's just good to wait for, or or once you finally get that, it's worth the wait. Luke chapter 2, that's a story that we I usually read, and I'll read it again this Christmas Eve. That's the story of Mary and Joseph going to Bethlehem for the birth of Jesus. And so I want to talk about God's timing with that story and with our lives and how God does everything very well. Do you know that God, when he does everything, he's successful? Come on. God doesn't do anything that he's not successful with. So whatever he does, it's going to be the best. And so he's good at timing. Since he's the author and finisher of time, he created time, I would say he'd be pretty good at it. And so he is. And, uh, And so we're going to talk about that this morning. So... I want you to turn to your neighbor, and I want you to say this in your best British voice. I will fit that in my schedule. No, not schedule. Schedule. I See, I probably didn't do it right, because my kids are all like, Dad, you are so lame when it comes to voices. But here we go. Point number one. It's all about timing. All about timing. Luke chapter 2 1 through 7 it says now it came about in those days now see that's already a sentence that's already telling you that's dealing with time it came about in those days that a decree went out from caesar augustus that a census be taken in all the inhabited earth this was the first census taken by Quirinius, was the governor of syria when all proceeding to register for the census everyone to his own city joseph also went up from galilee from the city of nazareth to Judea, to the city of David, which is called Bethlehem, because it was of the house and the family of David, in order to register along with Mary, who was engaged to him and was with child. So I want to I want you to look at verse six and seven here. And it came about that while they were there, there's another phrase, according to time, the days were completed for her to give birth, and she gave birth to her firstborn son. She wrapped him in clothes or in cloths, and laid him in a manger because there was no room for them in the inn. Now, if you jump forward to uh, Galatians chapter 4, verse 4, Paul says, when the fullness of time came, again, another sentence talking about time, God sent forth his son, born of a woman, born under the law, in order that he might redeem those that were under the law, that we might receive the adoption as sons. So if Christmas is about anything, as we're looking about a gift that's worth waiting for, it's about God's timing 
in our lives. Did you know that God is working things out in your life? Come on. I mean, you've got to recognize that, and you've got to be obedient, and I get all that, and we have our part to do, but God is setting things up for you to succeed. He wants you to succeed. He believes in you. He's invested everything to the point of his very own son in you. So it's his timing in our lives. So I want us to look just about that in Ecclesiastes. This, this is scripture that people are all like, oh, yeah, I've heard this before. Even if you didn't know where it was, it's chapter 3 of Ecclesiastes 1 through 11. And this is what it says. To everything there is a season, a time for every purpose under heaven, a time to be born, time to die, a time to plant, a time to pluck what is planted, a time to kill, a time to heal, a time to break down, a time to build up, a time to weep, a time to laugh, time to mourn, a time to dance, a time to cast away stones, a time to gather stones, a time to embrace, a time to refrain from embracing, a time to gain, a time to lose, a time to keep, a time to throw away, a time to tear, a time to sow, a time to keep silent, a time to speak, a time to love, a time to hate, a time of war, a time of peace. What profit has the worker from that which he labors? I've seen the God-given task with which the sons of men are to be occupied. He has made everything beautiful in its time. Also, he has put eternity in their hearts, except that no one can find out the work that God does from the beginning to end. So he goes through and tells us all these seasons. He goes through and tells us all these times, all this stuff. And in verse 11, it says he has made everything appropriate in his time, and he has put eternity in our hearts. If you talk to anybody, whether they even want to believe in God or not, everybody is mindful of eternity. They can tell you they're not. They can tell you they don't believe in anything. They can tell you they don't believe in God. But when stuff happens, they're calling out for something. You can be on a plane, and if the plane is not doing well, they're going to call out for something. And they're going to look to somebody that knows something or is strong in something that's greater than they are. So we've got to look at there's everybody, whether they want to admit it or not, is eternity-minded. Some people just say this is nothing. It doesn't matter. Once you're gone, you're just gone. That's it. Other people believe all kinds of different things. You can come back as a horse. You can come back as a duck. Why would you come back as a duck? I don't know. But you can do all kinds of things. But what does the Bible say? There, there are reasons that, that, that God says what he says. He doesn't do anything by accident. I believe that God knows everything in your life. I believe that he knows the right time, the right things that he helps set up. And again, we have to be obedient in that. I understand that. But God knows all the details. The very smallest things, the things that you believe for, that maybe nobody else knows, the things that you cry out to God and say, God, I really need this. I just, this is really, and he knows that. He knows those things that you cry out and say, I need this fixed, or I, I want this to happen. And he knows those very times when it's just you and God. And when those things happen because you sought him privately and he blesses you publicly, isn't he amazing? Matthew talks about binding and loosing, and that's really what happens. We see things happen, and there's a reason it happens. It's because believers bind and loose. We bring things into existence from the, from the spiritual realm into the natural realm by our prayers. It's a small picture and a big picture, so to speak. Now, how does this relate to Christmas? Luke 2, 7 says she gave birth to her firstborn son. This is a human person. This is a real baby, baby Jesus. And it speaks of the humanity of Christ. In other words, he's man. She gives birth to a, a baby boy, a, a man. Well, a kid, but you know what I'm saying. Humanity, 
That's talking about he has a human mother. It's human boy, humanity. Galatians 4 says it this way. It says, and God sent forth his son. God sent forth his son. So now we've got God in the picture. That's divinity. That's a divine setup by God. So God being born in the flesh. So these two verses give us this theology of divinity and humanity. It is Christ, which is God becoming flesh to live among us. Human yet divine, divine yet human. The son of God becoming the son of man that we who are the sons, now listen to this, of man can become sons of God. I'm going to say that one more time because that's just really big if you think about what I just said. The son of God becoming the son of man that we who are the sons of man can become the sons of God. Who is it that bridges the gap to God? It's Christ. It's Jesus. That's the only way to the father. So for you and I to become sons of God, we are sons of man, but Jesus had to be, oh my, you need to almost slap your neighbor happy right there. Don't really. (laughs) The last part of Luke chapter 2, verse 6, it says, the timing of God and the pregnancy of Mary talks about that. The days are completed for her to give birth. That means... Now she's nine months pregnant, and, and now it's time. It's time to have the baby. So details of the life of where she had to be and all that, we're going to talk about that. Galatians 4, 4 says this at the beginning. It says, when the fullness of time had come. So in the eternal plan, in, in eternity, God had a plan to send Christ, send Jesus. It's an amazing God we serve. Now, I want to talk about Mary for just a second, if I could. Guys, you know, if it wasn't for women, there would probably be no kids. Now, think about, yes, I know, that's a very, I'm a, I'm a smart man. Uh, but what I'm trying to tell you is, you know, I, I, it's amazing to me. We don't have babies, guys, you know that. But girls just go through extreme pain, and then they'll go, let's have another one. But I'm just saying for for a woman, I don't think it's the most convenient thing. But they, you know, they they talk about when Kim was pregnant, you know, or a lady's pregnant, they talk about they have a glow. You know, she she just glowed. Now from the from behind Kim, I you couldn't tell she was pregnant. She turned sideways, she could clear off the coffee table just because she was all baby. <clears throat> But I'm, I'm sure it's not convenient. If you're, if you're a lady and, and all of the, you got the baby pushing on your bladder, you got all kinds of things. Yeah, look at all the women. Oh, talk to, that's good. Because that's what happens. I mean, you know, we'd be somewhere, or she would get hungry at the most inconvenient times ever. She'd, we, she'd be pregnant, and I would go, Taco Bell, thank God for Taco Bell, because they'd be open, we're open late. It's good, because I'd just pull in there, and the people would go, usual. Yeah, when, when all the late night restaurants know who you are without knowing who you are, that's, you know, she'd just be, oh, I just really need, you know, and so I would go and I would get whatever she needed. But it's not always convenient, so it brings us to point two. So point one, uh, as we talked about, and let me go find it real quick here. I already lost my place. That's great. I love it when I do that. Let's just go to point two so I don't have to keep looking. <laughs> It's not always smooth sailing. 
In other words, sometimes in, in timing and in things, it doesn't mean that everything always just goes as, as you plan it. And now let me talk to the men for a second. Have you ever planned a project and you started it? And I could really speak to plumbing because Rob is in the room and I... I, can do, I don't like plumbing. I'm so glad God has enabled somebody that says, I'm called to be a plumber. Because has anybody ever did a plumbing job and you ended up finding out you got to buy 17 more pipes or parts and you, it was just going to be originally to replace one thing? Or auto. Oh, dear Jesus. Did you know that this tube leads to that and that's bad, so that's what caused that and that leads to that. And the next thing you know, you got all the stuff. There's something about you just want everything to be smooth. Sometimes in timing, everything doesn't go the way that you want. It's not always smooth sailing. Sometimes we go through stuff and we back up and say, I don't need this to happen right now. This is not good right now. Have you ever been in a hurry and things just, you got to get somewhere, but then you can't find your car keys. Then you you get there and you you forgot the paper you're supposed to bring or I am true to this. Kim will send me to the store for an item. I'll come back with every item but the one she sent me with. Did you get the, oh, I forgot. Well, that's what we needed. That's why I sent you. This is not the right time. I want to give you four quick things about Mary. How many have heard the song, Mary, Did You Know? What if Mary knew some stuff? I mean, let's just think about it. If she really kind of knew, aren't you glad sometimes God doesn't really tell you stuff that's going to happen here? Let me tell you what's going to happen. You'd be like, we couldn't take a lot of that. But let's look at Mary. Mary, did you know? That's what I'm going to call these four things. Here's number one. You're not officially married to Joe yet. You and Joe have not really officially tied the knot, and you're going to have a baby. I think Mary knew that. But did she know all of the things that would come with that? The baby was not from, from Joe and her union. Could you imagine trying to explain that to him? Because that's not convenient. Shouldn't happen right there. It's never happened before. He's got to swallow that pill. I haven't been with anybody, Joe. God did this. Joe would be, yes, bring the jackets. Yeah, mm-hmm. The white ones, yeah. It's not the right time to bring forth the firstborn son. It's supposed to happen after you're married. That's supposed to, I mean, and now there's all of this. There's, there's scandal. There's controversy. Second thing, Mary, did you know? Mary, when, when this baby comes, did you know that you're not going to be at home? You're not going to be at home. Not where there's security. Not where the things that you, you are familiar with are around you where you have friends and family, the stuff that you like. It's not what you're used to. It's really not the place you want to give birth to a child. It's, it's just, you know, everything's strange. Your parachute is gone, so to speak. Your safety system, there's no net. There's not your support system. Mary, this place you probably haven't been before. Strange people, strange town, strange place away from mom, away from sisters, away from family, all the people that were close to you, you don't have that with you now. Mary, did you know point three? It doesn't seem fair. And I told you last week, you know, if we expect life to treat us fair, that's like asking the bull not to charge because you're a vegetarian. 
I don't eat meat, so don't come and... I mean, life isn't fair, is that right? That's a good point. I'm going to help you. How many have ever found sometimes life just isn't fair? Sometimes years like you are, you're doing everything that you know how to do, and it just kind of knocks you off your feet. I'm telling you, with Mary, it's not convenient. She doesn't know, you know, she's in a different place. She doesn't have the familiar things. Life isn't fair. Here's the fourth thing. If you haven't been humbled, it's going to be humbling. We must understand that Mary found something that is bigger and greater than all of these things, and it was her God. Because life can be very humbling. It's not what she was used to. It's not what she expected. Have you ever been someplace and you don't know where you're going? Never been there before? In ministry, I can tell you my family has lived that. We have went to a town, found the house, didn't even know where the Walmart was or the Myers. Had to figure our way out to the church, didn't know where the bank was. Didn't know any of our neighbors, didn't know a soul in town. And some people say, that's exciting. Depends on how you look at it. I mean, when you're first, you're like, I I just want to go to the store and get some milk. My kids are hungry and thirsty. And where's the store at? Mary's got to deal with a lot of things. Sometimes it's very humbling. In, In today's world, it's probably one of the biggest things we fight is pride. Guys, do you like to ask for directions? I don't even like to read directions. How many guys don't read directions? I can put that together. And then we we put a grill together one night, and Kim goes, what are all those parts? I said, we don't need them. She just looked at me like, are we not supposed to need them? I don't know. seems to work without it. It's okay. So it's humbling. You know, they go to an inn. There's no room. There's no place for the baby to be born. We're full. When you are desperate, when you are in need, swallowing pride, sometimes we just need to break that and get that out of our life. And, and there are people that want to help you. I, I'm just here to tell you, sometimes when somebody wants to bless me, isn't, have you found it's easier to give than to receive? Why is that? I mean, it is. And it, sometimes you just feel like, no, or almost if I receive that, then I, I need to do something back. Remember, we talked about that last week. But maybe they want to give you something with no strings. You don't have to do anything back. Don't expect you to. Don't want you to. We got to break pride. We have to be more humble. Back to our points. This is point number three. Be obedient. Mary had learned how to be obedient. If I would stop and say, Mary, what do you think about God's timing? What do you think? You're going to have a part of being something bigger than you are. But I don't know if she understands all of that, except she knows what happened. She was visited by an angel. The angel told her she is seeing what has happened come to pass. She knows she hasn't been with a man. She knows she's pregnant. She knows she's having a baby. I think Mary would say, if she was, you know, she was real, I think she'd say, boy, this isn't convenient. This isn't really the right time. 
I would love to have had this happen at another time or after we got married or whatever the case. But I could also see her saying what the scripture writes, be it unto me as you wish. Has that ever applied in your life? Anything like that ever struck a chord with you? The kinds of things God has done, coincidences and circumstances, and you've looked at them and said, you know what, I'm not ready for this. This isn't the right time. I don't know if we should do this. or Lord, I'm not sure. But as you wish. You know, Peter had that kind of stuff. Lord, we fished all night, but if you say throw it over, okay, I'll do it. Because I'm here to tell you, since God is the author and the finisher of your faith, and the creator of time, he has a pretty good clue of what you need. And we try to put it all in our mind and try to outthink God. Well, that doesn't make sense to me. You know, God does a lot of things that don't make sense. Go show yourself to the priest, and as they went, she's not dead, she's just sleeping. Lord, he's been dead four days. Well, just get out of the way, roll the stone back. Let me have some mud. Let me stick that on your eye. That'll make you see. I think that axe head should float. Throw that stick in the water. It'll become sweet. Go outside. There's going to be manna on your ground. We have more quail than you know what to do with. How many times do things not make sense in the natural? A Red Sea could split. They can walk across on dry land while a fire pillar keeps the, the, uh, the Egyptians away. Come on. In the natural, none of that stuff should happen. But when we have God in our lives, we jump from the natural to the supernatural. A lot of times I've looked at things and I'm going, Lord, this doesn't make a bit of sense. You ever went up and prayed for someone and go, why do you want me to go pray for them? Or why do you want me to do that or do this? Okay, all right. Lord, why should I pay for that? I don't know them. Just do it. Just be obedient. Be like Mary, be it unto me, as you wish. And if you're saying, Brett, I, that as you wish, then think of the princess bride, as you wish. Whatever, just do what the Lord says. I think there's times in our life we just get a piece of the puzzle. You ever, you ever put a puzzle together, like Christmas time or whatever, you, you put it on a card table and you start putting a puzzle together and, some people go and put the outside in and then they try to fill in the, and you look at the picture and, you, and you're looking for one certain piece and you're scanning all those pieces. I think in life, God just gives you a piece of the puzzle, but he sees the whole thing together. But he's, he's asking you, just stick that piece in there. Lord, I, I know it looks like it fits, but I'd kind of like to see some of this other stuff so I can see why that fits there. There's things we don't understand, but God looks at the big picture. Prophecy is a lot of big picture stuff. Talks about things in the future. I'm going to give you a quick seven things the Old Testament tells us about Jesus coming for the first time. Just seven things of Jesus coming for the first time just to prove that he was coming. Number one, he would come and take back what the devil stole. As soon as Adam and Eve fell in the garden and sinned against God, God said, I got a plan. The very first prophecy of the Messiah was in Genesis 3.15. And I will put enmity between you and the woman and between your seed and her seed. He shall bruise your head and you shall bruise his heel. Secondly, he would come from the nation of Israel. That's in Genesis 12. 
Remember, God spoke to Abraham and told Abraham concerning his descendants. Thirdly, he would come from the tribe of Judah. That's in Genesis chapter 49, where Jacob gathered 12 sons together, and he began to prophesy concerning them and their future, and he brought forth his fourth son in Judah. And when bringing his fourth son, he told Judah that the scepter would never be taken out of the hand of Judah, literally that the Messiah would be born out of the tribe of Judah. Number four, I know I'm going quick, but I'm just trying to get through this for so that we can have all our information. He would come from the house of David. Ten centuries before Jesus' birth, David wanted to build a temple. We know the story. God said, no, you're the warrior king. You're, that's not your job. Solomon, your son, will build the temple. David was kind of disappointed with that. But God said, but he's going to come from your lineage, from your house is where the Messiah will come. Five, he'll be born of a virgin. Isaiah said that. He'd be born of a virgin. Isaiah already told that. Six, he'd be born in Bethlehem. Micah said that. Micah said that Messiah would come out of Bethlehem. He said, be thou Bethlehem, out of these shall come forth into me that which is to become the ruler of Israel. And number seven, he would be visited and honored by wise men. Isaiah predicted that and prophesied about that, and so did the psalmist. So in light of all of that, the timing of God was in the right place at the right time. God saw the whole picture. He saw everything that needed to be seen. It's pretty amazing that Galatians 4, 4 from what Paul said and then what we read in our scripture today, how it puts all that timing together. Turn to your neighbor again and say, tick-tock, baby. <laughs> We want to live life with a purpose on purpose. You know, back in the day, back in that time, Greek philosophers were just putting all kinds of things out there. They were, they were plowing the field, so to speak, with all of their theologic, you know, all of that stuff. And people were wanting answers, kind of like today. The world is wanting answers. They want somebody that can say, look, here's the way, walk in it. They want, they, they're looking... And, and God is happy to supply that. He was happy to supply it back then. He's happy to supply it now. I think Christmas is about timing in our lives. Little coincidences, circumstances, how you came to TLC, how you came to True Life, how, how you got uh, into church or how you found God or, or how that, however it was connected. Do you realize that they put the census, God had the census put in place so he could get married to the right place at the right time? Say amen to that. I mean, basically, he's moving the world around to get his son at the right place in the right time to fulfill prophecy. That's pretty amazing. One of the great things about going to heaven, I think, when we all get there is just to be able to see how God put all of this stuff together. I want to read you something, or I want to just check this out. We all grew up in school and... How many remember Christopher Columbus? Listen to this. He was discouraged one day, walked by a monastery. He was thirsty, so he went into the monastery for a drink of water, sat down, and he was being refreshed with a drink of water. An old monk listened to a story of how he wanted to go on an expedition to find another land. The monk listened to that story, and when it was all over, Christopher Columbus went on. But that old monk was a personal friend of Queen Isabella, and he was the one who convinced her to finance the expedition of Christopher Columbus. Now listen to me. The discovery of America started with a drink of water. Think about the little coincidence. What are the chances of him being thirsty right then, going in, getting a drink, talking to the monk, the monk talking to the queen, the queen saying, okay, I'll finance that now. 
pretty amazing. Abraham Lincoln was at the back of a store one day, and he was rummaging through an old barrel. And he reached down, and he felt a couple of books in his hand. He pulled them out, and he pulled them. He saw that they were Blackstone's commentaries. And so he liked that, and he read those, and he became a lawyer. And it changed the direction that he was going in his life. He got into politics, and, of course, he became the president of the United States and the uh, healer of the sore of the Civil War. So, and that started because he was rummaging in a barrel. Circumstances or coincidences? I don't think so. We were pastoring in Norwalk, and we wanted to get <clears throat> new chairs. The, the sanctuary had old pews, and they were, they were nasty. I mean, all the, their stuffing coming out of the seats on them, and the pews were looking best. So we decided to buy chairs, and I found out where to get some, and I called a church that had gotten some just to talk to them. Did they like them? Was it a good value? Blah, blah, blah. Just doing my homework, as I always do. That led, that call led them to offer me a position as a pastor in Pickerington. And Pickerington is where I bumped in and found Pastor Gary by coincidence. No, it was or somebody said, you got to come and hear this guy. This guy needs to meet you and you need to meet him. And that is where I met Gary. And that is where God called and told me to start this church. Coincidence? I don't think so. All part of timing of God God's plan, and God doing the things that he does. I'm here to tell you, and you know this, the steps of a good man or woman are ordered of the Lord. If Christmas tells me anything, it's about God. If we are obeying him, putting his plan in in order in your life. The wrong decision at the right time equals disaster. The wrong decision at the right time equals a mistake. The right decision at the wrong time equals unacceptance. The right decision at the right time equals success. So I want you just to listen to me for a second. I'm almost finished. The Bible says, seek the Lord while he may be found. You know, options today may become non-negotiable tomorrow. I get it. Sometimes you've got to make the train because once the train leaves the station, you've missed your ride. You know, and God could give you another chance, but sometimes it's different. How many knows that? Because there are opportunities that come up and we, we understand that. But I think if we could sit down and we could discuss and we could talk to people that have lived through anything. When God speaks, we need to do what God says. Nothing stays the same. God doesn't change, but he changes us as we follow him. He helps us be better. God has a marvelous sense of timing. For some of you, today is the day. Matter of fact, maybe this moment is the moment. Or God's about to do something in your life. You're about to say, you know what? He is ringing my bell. There's, I'm tired of doing things the way I've always done them before. I don't know everybody in here, but maybe to some it's been a journey. You've been on a journey. Maybe it's not been a pleasant one. Maybe there's parts of it that have been good. I, I don't know. But if we reach out to God, he never leaves you or forsakes you. Maybe today's the day that you're finally going to say, I want him to do the real work in my life. Let him come in and fill me with his presence. I want to do what God wants me to do. I want to feel that fulfillment. I want to feel that peace in my heart. If you would, every head bowed, every eye closed.